Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation. The Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Monday, April 11th, 2022. And we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right. So uh, we've talked about Brian Flores here on the show before, former head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. We know Brian Flores filed a uh, lawsuit against uh, the NFL and the name three teams uh, in the lawsuit. He filed this back in February of 2022. Well, you've had uh, two more African-American uh, coaches from the NFL who have joined the lawsuit. Uh, former Arizona Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes and longtime defensive assistant uh, Ray Horton have joined Brian Flores as plaintiffs in uh, this lawsuit against the NFL. Okay, so we're going to talk about this uh, on today's show. When I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, this is one of the topics we discussed. So, and this deals with power as well. And, you know, there was a uh, article, there was an interview that uh, Rolling Stone magazine did with Brian Flores and uh, some former uh, NFL players, about three other former African-American NFL players. And they said at the top of the list to rectify this problem with discrimination in the NFL is dealing with black ownership of teams in the NFL, okay? This comes down to ownership. This comes down to power. So we're going to talk about this uh, on today's show. And then uh, there's a good article from um, USA Today on this. Uh, Ray Horton, Steve Wilkes, join Brian Flores' discrimination lawsuit against uh, the NFL. So we'll talk about this, and I'll let you hear what happened uh on Roland Martin and filtered when we discussed this. Uh, then back on April 1st, 2022, I did not get a chance to talk about this other topic and then wanted to uh, squeeze this in into one of the, uh, one of our shows, but it's so busy covering uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, her uh, hearing and confirmation in other topics we were dealing with as well. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris was in uh, Mississippi to uh, discuss uh, community investment, uh, community uh, investment and uh, supporting small businesses. Okay, an initiative of the Biden administration on Friday, April 1st, Vice President Kamala Harris traveled to Greenville, Mississippi, to highlight the Biden Harris administration's commitment to supporting and uplifting America's small business, America's small businesses. Um, so we're going to talk about this initiative and in, uh, community lending uh, as well, something that they discussed there. Um, Mississippi has one of the highest concentrations of community lenders of any state with more than 100 community development financial institutions uh, holding assets of over $35 billion. And this deals with 
providing this type of assistance for underserved populations, providing this uh, type of assistance for underserved populations and underserved communities. Okay, so I'm gonna let you hear uh, what happened in Greenville, Mississippi back on April 1st, all right? Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris discussed investments in community lenders and economic development in underserved communities. And, you know, what's interesting, I didn't hear a lot about this in mainstream media either, that this, when this took place, okay? Uh, local media there in, in uh, Mississippi covered it, WJTV, uh, Channel 12 covered this, but I saw very little of it in mainstream media. All right, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct wrong behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. Okay, um, the call number is 313-778-7600, is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. We're also broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Okay, so follow us there, turn on live notifications so you know when we go live. All right. Uh, so let's look at this piece here from uh, USA Today, and then also uh, NBC News also has a good uh, article on this as well. Uh, Ray Horton, Steve Wilkes, and let me uh, flip over, uh, change screens here. Ray Horton, Steve Wilkes join Brian Flores discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. Uh, from Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes and, and longtime uh, the defensive assistant Ray Horton uh, have joined Brian Flores as plaintiffs in the former Miami Dolphins uh, uh, Miami Dolphins coaches discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. In an amended complaint filed on Thursday, April seventh, and obtained by USA Today Sports, uh, Ray Horton alleges the Tennessee Titans interviewed him for their head coaching vacancy in 2016, despite having already promised the job uh, to interim uh, coach Mike Malarkey, okay? So this goes back to 2016. And one of the things that uh, Brian Flores alleged in his lawsuit is that sham interviews were being held just so they could meet, just so NFL teams could meet the Rooney rule requirement and say they interviewed two quote unquote minorities for the position, but some cases they already promised the job to a white head coach or, 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 or a, a, um, a white, uh, uh, a white person. Okay. A, a white coach or what have you. All right. So let's continue. Um, so Steve Wilkes, meanwhile, claims he was unfairly and discriminatorily fired by the Arizona Cardinals in 2018 after just one season at the helm, after just one season uh, as head coach. Uh, quote, when Coach Flores filed this action, this lawsuit, I knew I owed it to myself and to all black coaches and aspiring coaches 
uh, to stand with him, Steve Wilkes said, who is now the defensive pass game coordinator and secondary coach for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he said this in a statement. Now, this lawsuit, he went on to say, quote, this lawsuit uh, shed further important light on a problem that we all know exists, on a problem that we all know exists, but that too few are willing to uh, confront. And, you know, Brian Flores talked about in, in interviews, he talked about after he filed his lawsuit in uh, February, of 2022 he talked about how he got calls and texts for you know especially calls from other uh african americans who applied to, uh for head coaching positions and things like this and say he was absolutely correct but they were afraid to come forward okay so now you have two who joined this lawsuit so the amended complaint also includes new allegations that the houston texans and Miami Dolphins retaliated against Brian Flores in the two plus months since he first filed uh, the lawsuit against the NFL. Now, the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, and um, um, Houston uh, uh, Titans, uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, Tennessee Titans, I should say, generally denied the key claims made against uh, against them in a series of statements Thursday, a Dolphin spokesperson did not immediately reply to a message from uh, USA Today Sports. Now, the NFL declined to comment, though, uh, through spokesperson uh, Brian McCarthy. The league has previously pledged to defend itself against claims in Brian Flores' lawsuit, saying they are without merit, say they are without merit. Okay, but... When you, when you look at the comments from Roger Goodell, okay, um, right before the Super Bowl, comments from Roger Goodell talked about, and I think we have the uh, clip here. I'm going to try to pull this up. Um, he said they're going to, they will address allegations of racist hiring practices, things like this, okay? So, and he also talked about how they have more work to do, et cetera. Um, we're coming up on a break. When we come back from the from break, uh, I want you to hear what we discussed on Roland Martin Unfiltered. And then NBC News had a good article. We've talked about this before. But they had a good article that summed up. Uh, it was six takeaways from Brian Flores' lawsuit. Six takeaways from Brian Flores' lawsuit. One of them was the sham interviews that he that uh, he alleged, and then uh, you had another one that dealt with. And I'm looking at this here. Um, other black coaches who have been passed over or quickly dismissed. Okay, he talked about that as well. Um, and allegations that the Miami Dolphins paid him to tank uh, games so that they could uh, score higher in the, the next year's uh, NFL draft. He said he was offered $100,000 for each game that he lost, uh, and that was coming from uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. Okay, 
we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. Call-in number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotop. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis' books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. After History Network show, we deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. All right. If you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, and also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash uh, the AHN show. So we have it right on the homepage of our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. When you go to our Cash App um uh, cash app tag dollar sign the ahn show show when you go to our account it says michael it shows my picture there these other ones here are fake african history network cash app accounts and we have the uh tag the link for the tag here and also the yellow donate button for paypal as well so this helps us keep doing the research stay on the air keep broadcasting etc all right calling numbers 313-778-7600 if you have a question or comment uh, we're going to go to clip number one uh, from Roland Martin the Filter in just a second, uh, Shakita. So I want to go back to this article here from uh, USA Today and Yahoo News. And this deals with uh, Ray Horton and, Still, and Steve Wilkes join uh, Brian Flores' a discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. So the addition of uh, two plaintiffs and specific allegations of discrimination against three uh, against three more teams marks a significant expansion of Brian Flores' original lawsuit, which attorneys Wigder and John Aleftarakis filed in federal court in New York on February 1st, 2022, first day of African-American History Month. Now, Brian Flores, uh, Brian Flores, who was fired by the Miami Dolphins earlier this year, has alleged that the NFL and its teams engage in systemic racial discrimination 
in their hiring and firing of minority coaches. Systemic racial discrimination in their hiring firing of minority coaches. Quote, I continue to be humbled by the outpouring of support in connection with my claims against the NFL and applaud, applaud Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton for standing up against systemic race discrimination. Brian Flores, Brian Flores said in a statement, their claims are the unfortunate reality of the problems facing black coaches in the NFL, which uh, our collective hope in this case is to end once and for all, okay? Which our collective hope in this case is to end once and for all. Okay, now, uh, the article goes on to say, perhaps the most notable allegation in the admitted, amended complaint involves um, Ray Horton, a 24-year uh, coaching veteran who most recently worked as the Washington Commanders uh, defensive backs, uh, the defensive backs coach in 2019. According to the lawsuit, the Titans asked Ray Horton to fly from his Phoenix home to Nashville, Tennessee on short notice to interview for their head coaching vacancy on January 16, 2016. The team had previously interviewed three candidates according to uh, media reports. Doug Marone on January 14th, uh, Terrell Austin and uh, Malarkey on January 15th. Now, uh, Ray Horton, who was Tennessee's defensive coordinator at the time, interviewed with five executives at the team's practice facility, then, uh, then ran into Malarkey on his uh, way out of the building. According to the lawsuit, uh, Ray Horton recalled feeling that Malarkey's presence was odd, quote unquote odd, according to the complaint, given that the interim coach had interviewed the previous day. The Tennessee Titans announced Malarkey's hiring hours later. So what Ray Horton is saying, this was a sham interview, like what Brian Flores was saying. They had already decided who they, they were going to hire. They just hired Ray Horton to fulfill the Rooney rules. The, uh, the lawsuit describes uh, Ray Horton's interview as a quote unquote sham while citing as evidence an interview that Malarkey gave to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but to, to the Steelers Realm podcast in 2020. One of the hosts asked, uh, asked Malarkey, who is now retired, if he had any regrets from his career. He said, quote, I allowed myself at one point when I was in Tennessee to get caught up in something I regret and I still regret it, uh, Malarkey said on the podcast. The uh, quote, the ownership there, uh, Amy Adams Strunk and her family came in and told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 before they went through the Rooney rule. And so I was there. And so I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 2016 as they went through this fake hiring process, as they went through this fake hiring process. So this is Mike Malarkey. 
um, on a uh, podcast in uh, 2020, the Steelers Realm podcast. Okay. All right. So check out the rest of this um, article here from uh, USA Today and uh, Yahoo News. Ray Horton, Steve Wilkes joined Brian Flores, a discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. And this is exactly what Brian Flores laid out in his lawsuit that was filed February 1st. Okay. And there's a, there's a good article uh, for background information, good article from the New York Times that we've talked about here on this show. Um, that piece from the New York Times, let's pull this up here. We're going to clip one, uh, Shakita, in just a second here. The clip, uh, the article from the New York Times is uh, Brian Flores sues NFL claiming bias in coaching search. Uh, this is from February 1st, 2022. Okay. Uh, uh, the former head coach offense claimed in a class action lawsuit filed Tuesday that the NFL discrimin discriminated against him and other black coaches in their hiring practices. All right. Now I want to go to uh, clip number one here. This is from Roland Martin unfiltered from Friday. Uh, this was Friday, April, what date was that? April 8th. Okay, we discussed this on Roller Martin and Filter. Let's go to clip one, Shakita. Years is indeed excessive as well. Uh, let's talk about another story. Two black coaches have joined Brian Flores in his lawsuit alleging racist hiring practices by the NFL towards coaches and general managers who are African-American. Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton say they have faced the same discrimination as Brian Flores. Wilkes alleges the Arizona Cardinals discriminated against him in 2018 by only allowing him to be able to serve as one year as head coach, saying he was a bridge between the next. He said they also then fired him after one year and then hired their current coach, who was a college head coach, Cliff Clingsbury, who sucked, who had a losing record at Texas Tech. Horton claims he was objecting to discriminatory treatment when he interviewed the Tennessee Titans head coaching position in January of 2016. The amended lawsuit from Flores also criticized the NFL for its response to the lawsuit he brought against it uh, and its team several weeks ago. In that particular amended statement, one of the things that uh, he said uh, is that the NFL, they've set up uh, this advisory committee that includes two lawyers uh, who have fought uh, people on the issue of racial discrimination. He said they don't have anyone who's actually fought against it. These were attorneys who've defended companies who've been accused of this. Also, what is quite interesting in their uh, amended complaint, they say, without a doubt, that one of the one of the uh, one of the one of the coaches, Horton, and they and they use the actual words of uh, another coach against the NFL. So, y'all, check this out. You're going to trip out. So, uh, Mike Malarkey was hired as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Okay? So, he was hired as the head coach. Well, Mike Malarkey gave an interview on a podcast several years later where he literally stated, guess what? The other coach had no shot at getting the job. Check this out. This is from the email uh, that I received uh, from the attorneys of Brian Flores. Check this out, y'all. Horton interviewed the Tennessee Titans head coaching position in January 2016. 
They say this turned out to be a completely sham interview done only to comply with the Rooney rule and to demonstrate an appearance of equal opportunity and a false willingness to consider a minority candidate for the position. Indeed, the Titans' all-white ownership and management ultimately hired Mike Malarkey, a white candidate, for the head coach position. Years later, in 2020, Mr. Malarkey admitted in a podcast interview that the Titans, quote, told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 before they went through the Rooney Rule. And so I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 2016 as they went through this fake hiring process knowing knowing a lot of the coaches that they were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing th that everything they could do, and they had no chance to get that job. Matt, how damning is this against the NFL? You read my mind, Roland, because that's literally the word I was going to use. I think this is incredibly damning because he was the actual coach and he is the one who's in the best position to say what his status was when they were going through the interview process. When I read that, I was bowled over as well because for him to say, not only did they tell me I was going to be the coach, but this was an entire sham and I now feel bad about it, that's going to be extraordinarily powerful evidence for especially Ray Horton to prove his case because he's got concrete evidence. Not to say Mr. Wilkes doesn't, but he's got a little harder road to hoe in his case. But as it relates to that, that's extremely damning. And I'm, I'm glad that they joined the lawsuit because I think it puts even more credence behind uh, Brian Flores and it shows, you know, just how rampant this is and how blatant it is. I mean, the idea that you would just tell him he's going to be the coach in 2016 go through the interview, and as Mr. Horton is leaving the building, he sees the eventual person walking in and knows something isn't right. I mean, that's about as powerful as you get in a case like this. So I'm glad that they now have this kinds of evidence behind them even further uh, buttressing the arguments they've been making thus far. Michael, uh, Steve Wilkes, <clears throat> this is what they say. His white GM, who made poor personnel decisions and was convicted for a DUI during the offseason was given a contract extension. Mr. Wilkes was replaced by a white coach, Cliff Klingsbury, who had no prior NFL coaching experience and was coming off of multiple losing seasons as a head coach at Texas Tech. Mr. Kingsbury, uh, is, uh, Kingsbury, armed with quarterback Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, has been given a much longer leash than Mr. Wilkes and, to his credit, has succeeded. That said, Mr. Wilkes, given the same opportunity afforded to Mr. Kingsbury, surely would have succeeded as well. That, I mean, you're sitting here. What's the rationale for hiring an experienced black coordinator? Give him one year, fire him. You go get a white guy from college who had a losing record as a head coach at his alma mater, Texas Tech. Well, Roland, when you look at Brian Flores' original uh, lawsuit, one of the things he talked about were, were sham interviews that the NFL was doing, just trying to meet the Rooney Rule criteria. Another thing he talked about is how an African-American uh, head coach would um, uh, try to rebuild the team, get it to a certain point, get fired, then they bring in a white head coach to take it from there after the African-American head coach 
you know, went through the gutter and, and, and brought the team together, things like this. Or yeah, we could put it another way as you talk about sharecropping. And then they bring in the, they bring in the white head coach to take over from there and take them to another level. So uh, I hope more uh, head coaches and assistant coaches, things like this, uh, join this lawsuit. Uh, you know, like I said before, I haven't watched the NFL game since uh, Colin Kaepernick got banned from the league. OK, uh, he wasn't officially banned, but, you know, he didn't get hired. So uh, hopefully, hopefully not only do they get damages from this, but they actually make real changes. And the first thing they need to do at the at the heart of this, this is about ownership. Who owns these teams? Yep. We need African-American ownership, not just head coaches, because head coaches can be fired. So, so I want everybody to understand this here. The pro coaching record of Cliff Kingsbury is 24, 24, and 1. Because he's been head coach. No, 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 no. Let me go to when he was at Texas Tech. Pull it up, y'all. In six seasons, Cliff Kingsbury had two winning seasons. He went 8 and 5 his first year. He went 4 and 8 his second year. He went 7 and 6 his third year. Then he had three consecutive losing seasons five and seven six and seven five and seven so in six years at texas tech cliff kingsbury coached 75 games he won 35 games he lost 40 games that means in cliff kingsbury's career he has won a total of 59 games and he has lost 64 games so a white coach with a losing record three consecutive losing seasons gets a multi-million dollar job in the NFL so, so let me I, I need everybody understanding this right now because see some of y'all are watching me and and, and y'all are trying to understand, all right, Ro, okay, I, what's the whole big deal? So allow me to put this in perspective so you can understand what this is really about. And that is this here. Um, just hold tight one second, because I, I got to show you this. Uh, do So you understand what's the deal. First and foremost, Cliff, and I told y'all, I told y'all he went 24. What did I tell y'all? He went 24, he went 24 and 24. Y'all, that's break even. The Arizona Cardinals on March 2nd posted this tweet. We have reached agreements on contract extensions with GM Steve Kime and head coach Cliff Kingsbury. They now are under contract through 2027. So, a head coach who's break even, 24 and 24, y'all, gets a contract extension. Okay. Now, some of y'all are looking at me going, all right, Roland, th that, that, that's fine. But 
what's really uh, the, the big deal? I'm glad you asked. What you're about to see is what this is all about and why black folks should be in support of Brian Flores. Cliff Kingsbury, y'all, signed a contract with the Arizona Cardinals for $5.5 million a year. Listen to what I just said. $5.5 million a year. That means that if over a four-year period, Cliff Kingsbury will make $22 million. Okay? If you are a coordinator, you might make a million, maybe two. If you are a position coach, wide receivers, running back, offensive line, tight end, you're talking about 500,000, 700,000, 800,000. So let's say you are a position coach in the NFL. You make $800,000 a year, five years, you made $4 million in five years. Cliff Kingsbury, loser in college, he makes $22 million in five years. Let me just use an example, Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin was the head coach at Texas A&M University. Um, Seller was increased to about $5 million a year. He gets fired. He walks away with $25 million. He signs with Arizona, University of Arizona. He gets fired after three seasons. He walks away with $15 million. So in two settlements, Kevin Sumlin made $40 million with two settlements. What that means is that the children's children of Kevin Sumlin are now rich. Listen to what I just told y'all. The children's children of Kevin Sumlin are now rich. Over here, black position coach makes four million over five years. White head coach makes 22 million over five years. Do y'all now understanding this fight with Brian Flores is waging is not an equality fight. It's not a fight over what's fair in terms of we are just as qualified. Y'all, this is a battle over money. This is a battle over generational wealth. And when you're able to make $5.5 million a year, you now are able to invest in stocks and bonds and businesses. So therefore, the money you make now has even a higher multiple. So when they are freezing black coaches out of head coaching positions, they are directly impacting the ability of black coaches to create wealth which means they are impacting the black children of coaches. They're impacting the black grandchildren of coaches. So now all of a sudden, if my dad was a head football coach making 22 million, my dad has five children. His five children have 13 children. So do you now understand what the battle this is all about? This is about money.
So when we're frozen out of positions, we are frozen out of the ability to be able to build and create wealth. And then what that does is that prevents us from being able to fund civil rights groups, fund HBCUs, fund our fraternities and sororities, fund under things. So when you freeze black people out of positions, you literally are freezing black people out of being to take their wealth and not be able to do more things with their wealth. And so now we are stuck in this position. And so some of y'all are sitting here saying, hey man, I don't understand what the big deal is. I don't understand what's going on. What I need you to understand is that what we are walking through is what we keep fighting over and over and over again. When they freeze us out of the economic opportunity, then what they're doing is ensuring that we will never be able to get out of the position of begging for a check, waiting for a check, and guess what? Weak, losing white coaches will continue to benefit from mediocrity, and black coaches will never be able to show how successful they are and success means this. And that's why all of us must be standing and calling out the NFL for these practices because the reality is there are no black owners in the NFL. There are very few blacks working in the NFL front office. And even Roger Goodell, who's getting more than $50 million a year and has a private jet for life, is a beneficiary of this system. Don't get this thing twisted. It's always about the money. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. 910, The Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, The Superstation, the future radio. 
I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. All right. So right before the break, I was sharing an excerpt from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, from Friday, April 8th, 2022. We were talking about uh, Brian Flores' lawsuit and two more um, NFL coaches have joined the lawsuit. Two more African-American NFL coaches have joined the lawsuit. Ray Horton, um, former uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and also... I'm sorry, Steve Wilkes, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, also Ray Horton, uh, longtime defensive assistant. Um, uh, Ray Horton uh, joined the lawsuit. Okay, so check out that uh, full show. We did, I think, almost two and a half hours uh, Friday, April 8th. Uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Um, watch Roland on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right. Uh, and And then... If we look at when we come back from the break, um, I want to touch on uh, this article that we've talked about before. Uh, NBC News sham interviews and mistaken Bill Belichick texts. Six takeaways from Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL because they talk about the sham interviews in here. Uh, but he talks about also uh, being asked to tank games by the Miami Dolphins. And then um, on April 1st, Vice President Kamala Harris was in Greenville, Mississippi, talking about economic investment in underserved populations. I'm going to let you hear what happened there. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate, one, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing, and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition, and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. 
Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Okay, um, so right before the break, we were talking about um, Ray Horton and Steve Wilkes joining Brown Flores' uh, lawsuit uh, against the NFL. And uh, for the sake of time, I need to go ahead and get to this next story here. Okay, so uh, check out the articles uh, that we discussed and um, watch uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered from Friday, April 8th. All right. Uh, Shakita, we're going to clip number three uh, from WJTV Channel 12 out of uh, Mississippi. Okay, so this got very, very little coverage um, in the media. And, you know, I watch MSNBC uh, basically all day, pretty much Ukrainian TV. <laughs> That's what I call it now. Uh, Black News Channel is 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 not um, airing. Uh, live broadcast anymore. So they're just rerunning old broadcasts. But um, Vice President Kamala Harris on Friday, uh, April 1st, was in Greenville, Mississippi to uh, discuss the Biden-Harris administration's um, initiatives dealing with um, economic investment in underserved uh, populations. Let's go to clip number three from uh, WJTV Channel 12 about uh, Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, Shakita. Harris visited the state of Mississippi today. So this is Anthony Howard is live in Greenville, where Vice President Harris spoke with small business owners. Anthony. Well, Byron, the people here were very excited about the historic visit from Vice President Kamala Harris. Vice President Harris is the first black vice president to visit the town of Greenville, and President Barack Obama also visited the town during his presidency. Congressman Benny Thompson said he was proud that the administration took interest in the people of the Delta. Vice President Harris spoke about the resilience of the Delta community following the city's recovery from the backwater flooding. Harris also described how small businesses are the pillars in rural, in rural communities. You know, when the pundits, you know, on the evening news, they talk, when they talk about economic opportunity, right, and they're asked their opinion about economic opportunity, have you ever noticed that they will often refer to Raw Street or Silicon Valley? Well, from my perspective, I think they should be talking about places like Greenville. <laughs> And Senator Derek Simmons says he's confident the Biden-Harris administration will keep their promise in supporting small communities. And Vice President Kamala Harris says this administration's goal is to alleviate some of the challenges faced by small businesses and minority businesses, such as getting loans approved and a reliable source of Internet. Live in Greenville, Anthony Howard, 12 News. Okay, we're going to clip number four here in just a second, Shakita, at the 504 mark. Um, okay, so if we look uh, quickly here at this article from, uh, this is from WJTV Channel 12. Uh, if we look at this, here, let me close this out right here. All right. So uh, she was joined, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was joined by Congressman Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi. Prior to, de prior to delivering marks, the Vice President visited a local small business, Joyce uh, Joyce's Fabrics and Sewing Center. In her speech, she emphasized the importance of investment, uh, investments in economic development in underserved communities like Greenville, Mississippi. 
All right. You're going to hear a comments in just a second. While the bipartisan infrastructure law, the one point two trillion dollar infrastructure bill invests one hundred and ten billion dollars to repair the nation's roads and bridges to help customers and uh, employees better access small business, small businesses and the bipartisan infrastructure uh, law invests sixty five billion dollars to provide affordable uh, high-speed internet. Vice President Kamala Harris said investing in small businesses is next on the agenda, okay? She says small businesses need to reach their customers. They need to buy supplies and even run their cash register. Uh, and all of that will be helped by having access to high-speed internet. And so we are fighting every day to ensure that small businesses have access to capital and the banking services uh, they need to thrive. Now, uh, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris also noted that Mississippi has one of the highest concentrations of community lenders of any state with more than 100 community development financial institutions holding assets of over $35 billion. Okay, let's go to uh, clip number four quickly, Shakita. Thank you for welcoming us, so warmly welcoming us. The mayor met me on the tarmac as I landed, and I thank you for the warm welcome in your role of leadership. Um, it is good to be in this beautiful place, and so good to be here, of course, with Chairman Benny Thompson. Where is he? I will tell you, he is a true champion for the people of this state, and I didn't dare make this trip uh, plan without checking in with Benny Thompson <laughs> to seek his advice and approval. <laughs> but I will tell you, in all seriousness, I have seen him over the years during the time that we have worked together in the halls of the Capitol, in these very ornate rooms in our, in our United States Capitol, sometimes when the camera's on, sometimes when the cameras are off, he is the same person always. He is always fighting for the people in this city. Always. And, and I've had the pleasure of seeing him twice this week because, uh, or last week actually, because we were at the White House when the, together when the president signed into law the Emmett Till Anti-Lansing Act. which was a step towards finishing some unfinished business. Also here with us today is the great Bill Bynum, the CEO of Hope Credit Union. And Mr. Bynum, as you know, has helped connect so many people in Mississippi and across the South with the opportunity, and yes, with hope, to be all they can be. And I, I shared with a couple of folks earlier, I, I did check in with him, actually after we first came in office, because this has been a, a very longstanding area of focus and priority for me, which is to support our small businesses. And I've been hearing for years about the work of Bill Bynum, and so checked in with, with him at the very beginning. And he told me at the very beginning, during the height of the restrictions, COVID, so we couldn't really travel. And he said, well, Madam Vice President, if you really want to see what's going on, you come to the Mississippi Delta. All right, so pause, here pause I am. Right there, pause right there. All right, those pause right there.
okay those watching on facebook and youtube those watching on facebook the african history network on facebook and my youtube channel michael m hotel keep watching we're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes we're going to let you hear the rest of uh, those comments from Vice President Kamala Harris on April 1st, 2022 in Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, be sure to support the African History Network. Uh, visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can register for the online history classes I teach on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, Saturdays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade with a den teacher in school. So we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. We have about 10 weeks of classes already archived. So as soon as you register, I've got probably about 20 hours of class for you to already watch. And you can join us in class uh, this Saturday, April 16th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Classes on sale $60, regularly $130. We also have a bundle pack where you can register for both classes. For $100, that's a $260 value. If you've taken any of my online classes in the past, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com for a 50% discount. All right, uh, remember at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by. Let's continue here. I'm going to post the link here. You, so as soon as you register for the classes, you can start watching the content. You can use this information with your children. You can use the classes with your children also. I would say the content is PG-13. Okay, uh, and I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. We do thousands of years of history, the 800-year occupation of Europe by the, by, uh, by the Africans known as the Moors, and we look at what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade, and we go through and analyze the transatlantic slave trade, study that history also. All right, let's go back to this clip. And he told me at the very beginning, during the height of the restriction COVID, so we couldn't really travel. And he said, well, Madam Vice President, if you really want to see what's going on, you come to the Mississippi Delta. So here I am. <laughs> so here I am. And so Greenville is a city um, that knows so much, and in particular knows resilience. In 1927, the waters of the Mississippi rose and covered every square foot of this city for three months. And when the water receded, the people of Greenville cleaned up and moved back in. Over the past two years, like so many communities around our nation, you have faced incredible challenges and you have met those incredible challenges with incredible strength. Greenville is a place built by the ambition and the aspiration of its people. As an extension of the fact that America is a place that was built by the ambition and aspiration of its people. America is a nation built by people who see what can be unburdened by what has been. People with the ambition and the aspiration to transform dreams into reality, to buy a house, to get an education, to start a business, 
to leave something behind for the next generation. That energy drives our entire nation forward. And it creates jobs. It accelerates innovation. It strengthens our communities. It expands our economy. And it makes our nation more globally competitive. And as you know, turning ambition and aspiration into action often requires capital. Capital to start and grow a small business or buy or renovate a home. And it requires financial services. Services like checking and savings accounts, credit cards and lines of credit, financial information and good advice. As you know well, not everyone in our country, sadly, can access this essential support. Consider this. Black entrepreneurs are three times more likely to report that they did not apply for credit for fear of being turned away by a bank. Black and Latino homeowners are rejected at a higher rate when applying for home loans from traditional financial institutions, even when they have credit profiles similar to other applicants. Many Asian American business owners, in particular immigrant business owners, face language barriers that limit their ability to access capital and banking services. And people who live in rural communities often lack access to traditional banking services of any kind. This includes many Native Americans, and here in the Mississippi Delta, many black folks. And so let us acknowledge also that while they play an important role in the growth of our economy, traditional banks have not always seen the vision of small business owners of color, small business owners who are women, small business owners who live in rural areas, and small business owners who serve low-income communities. Community lenders, on the other hand, were created to see that vision and to support it. These lenders predominantly serve overlooked and underserved communities. The people who run these institutions often live and work in those communities. They know the people to whom they are lending. They understand the community, their needs, their challenges, and their strengths. When they make a loan, they often personally feel its impact because, of course, they are there, linked with the community. And so community lenders often see the potential that others might overlook. Potential, like Hope Credit Union saw in Miss Joyce. Hope Credit Union loaned Joyce just over $10,000, an amount too small for most traditional banks to bother lending. But it was an amount that was transformative for Miss Joyce and for Greenville. <laughs> A 
Across our nation, small businesses are engines of economic prosperity. And this is especially true in rural areas and in Mississippi, where over 99% of all businesses are small businesses. Rural small businesses train and hire local workers. They provide essential products and services to customers that they often see on a daily basis and face to face. And they know and understand and they help ensure residents have the opportunities they need to remain in the places they love. And these businesses do not just create prosperity, they also build community. So often, in my experience, and I'm sure yours, small business owners are not only leaders in business, they are community leaders. They are civic leaders. They sponsor the local softball team. They mentor and hire young people from the community. They are role models. And now, as we all know well, rural small businesses also face unique challenges that businesses in urban areas sometimes do not. For example, many operate in communities that do not have access to affordable or accessible high-speed internet or in communities where the roads and bridges are in desperate need of repair. So our administration is dealing with that too. And we have made, we are proud to say, again, thanks to the congressman and so many others, historic investments to address these challenges. For example, the bipartisan infrastructure law invests $110 billion to repair our nation's roads and bridges to help customers and employees better access small businesses. And the bipartisan infrastructure law invests $65 billion to ensure that every person in our nation has access to affordable high-speed internet. And we know that part of why that is important is, of course, the subject today. Small businesses need to reach their customers. They need to buy supplies, even run their cash register. And all of that will be helped by having access to high-speed Internet. And so we are fighting every day to ensure that small businesses have access to capital and the banking services they need to thrive. And that is why we are all here today. Mississippi has one of the highest concentrations of community lenders of any state in our nation. With more than 100 CDFIs, these community development financial institutions, holding assets of over $35 billion, those institutions have helped so many small business owners like Joyce start grow and protect their small business. And they deserve more support. So like many of the lenders here with us today, expanding our nation's investment in these institutions has been a priority of mine for years. When I was senator, I helped secure $12 billion for community lenders as part of a COVID-19 relief bill, because we clearly know from Joyce's story the connection there. Of the approximately $10 billion that has already been allocated from that investment, 
More has gone to community lenders in Mississippi than to lenders in any other state. Yes. And now, our administration is working with our partners, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, and the Administrator of the SBA, Isabella Guzman, to broaden the reach of community lenders. So I'm going to offer a couple of examples. Back in 2011, the Small Business Administration launched what was called the Community Advantage Pilot Loan Program. Through this program, the SBA partially guarantees loans made by community lenders. It allows community lenders to make more investments, more investments in underserved communities and to make loans to entrepreneurs that others have deemed too risky. Earlier this week, I was proud to announce that our administration is extending, expanding, and improving the Community Advantage Program so that more small businesses will be able to benefit. And our work does not stop there. Families across the nation are feeling the rising cost of housing. Now, there are many reasons homes are becoming more expensive to buy and to rent. Here is one of the most significant. Our country simply does not have enough houses. That is why in the budget that our administration released this week, we propose $5 billion in funding over 10 years for community lenders to invest in construction and rehabilitation projects. That will increase the number of affordable homes available to rent and to buy, and it will help to lower the cost of living of families throughout our country. And I'll end with this. You know, when the pundits, you know, on the evening news, they talk, when they talk about economic opportunity, right, and they're asked their opinion about economic opportunity, have you ever noticed that they will often refer to Wall Street or Silicon Valley? Well, from my perspective, I think they should be talking about places like Greenville. Because, you know, this is a place that can help us take the temperature of how we're doing. And because this is a place that is filled with people with talent and tenacity and vision. People who, when given the opportunity, will build something extraordinary. And there are communities like Greenville across the South and across our nation, reservoirs of ambition and aspiration just waiting to be tapped. That is why we invest in community lenders. And that is why we will keep working to build an economy that includes everyone. And that is why we will keep working to ensure that every person in our nation, no matter where they live, or who they are, has an opportunity not only to succeed, but to thrive. Because when we do, we're very clear. We lift up communities like Greenville, and we lift up our small businesses, and all of America benefits. Thank you all very much. Take care. Thank you.
All right. So that was uh, from April 1st, 2022 in Greenville, Mississippi. So did you see that in mainstream media? I'm just curious. She's talking about economic investment, especially in underserved communities. Did you see that in mainstream media? I mean, I see wall-to-wall coverage of Ukraine, but um, now that's something that the Black News Channel definitely would have covered. uh, I'm not sure Roland Martin talked about this or Roland Martin unfiltered or not. Usually things like that he does. I don't know if he talked about that, but I know since the Black News Channel had 17 hours of live coverage, I know that's something. Actually, Roland may have um, uh, broadcasted that live because he will broadcast live from the White House and things like that. Uh, Speeches that they do, press conference, he'll, he'll broadcast that. So he may have broadcasted that. I'm not sure, but I know... I don't I don't think I remember seeing that on MSNBC. Okay, so check out whitehouse.gov and uh that that came from uh White House the uh, uh the White House on YouTube, their YouTube channel where they broadcast if they don't broadcast it live, they'll upload those videos of those speeches that take place so you can find out more what's going on and also where the money is. They're talking about money they're talking about money that's here now, but people are talking about reparations and child slavery ended what, what, 157 years ago. And we still try and get reparations. Most, most of these arguments for reparations, are not even legal arguments. We've talked about this before. I don't have time to go into it. Most of these arguments, are not even legal arguments and show me 10 Republicans in the Senate that are going to vote for reparations. Cause you need 60 votes in the Senate. Nobody wants to tell you that you need 60 votes in the Senate. For any reparations bill to pass, if you can't get a bill passed to study reparations, explain to me how you get one passed to pay reparations. People don't want to answer that question. So we have to, you have long-term strategies and then you got money that's here right now that we need to go after as well. All right. So we have to get out of here. Uh, Follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Turn on live notifications so you know when we go live. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Give us a heart. Give us a uh, uh, thumbs up, heart, like uh, on these uh, videos. If you'd like this type of information, also you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. And then also we have this information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, okay? And this is our official Cash App account, uh, dollar sign, the AHN Show, S-H-O-W. And we have it right on the homepage of our website. And these other ones here are fake African History Network Cash App accounts that have been stealing money from us and trying to get them shut down. But when you go to ours, it says Michael and shows my picture there. Dollar sign, the AHN show. That's our tag. We have the link here, the PayPal button also. Um, we're celebrating our 12th year anniversary of me broadcasting the African History Network show. First started March 10th, 2010. And um, when you scroll down, we have the information for our online classes also. Okay, so you can register for those as well. They're on sale $60, regularly $130. Um, ancient Chemical Moors and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. I do that on Sundays, 
2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a bundle pack. You can register for both classes for only $100. That's a $260 value, okay? All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing, and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition 
and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.